Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, well, welcome to the show, World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also coming to you live on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. It is great to be with you. What a wonderful a week of football we have in front of us, behind us, in the middle of us, and, of course, a great weekend to look back in in the Premier League, seeing the biggest name departure so far of all the managers uh, in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer finally getting the sack from Manchester United. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the managerial merry-go-round. Let's look at the Premier League, at the tables, and decide how you think things are unfolding. It is a fascinating year in the Premier League. Find me on Twitter at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Uh, I am with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. If you're listening on Sports Overnight America, and if you are listening on the American Forces Network. I'd like to welcome all of our men and women in uniform around the world who are listening. It is great to have you with us. We're also on digital, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning SiriusXM app, and the podcast is available immediately upon the conclusion of the show at the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Podcast Network, or wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you know, everywhere, basically. Stitcher. It's a big list of them. Anyway, lots to get to. I suppose it was inevitable that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was going to be shown the door uh, after United's disappointing uh, season. It didn't start in such a disappointing manner, but after three or four games, it just became clear that they were embarking upon an awful losing streak uh, that has not got any better. Of course, a good Champions League result under the tutelage of Michael Carrick beating Villarreal 2-0 away in Spain, a big result for United. You know, it may well have been that a managerial change was just freshen things up. But let's talk about it when we come back. Uh, once again, Twitter me, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-R, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. All right, I'll be right back on the other side. Whoa, that went quickly. Welcome back. <laughs> Sorry. Apologies there. Don't know what I did. I Did you guys push the wrong button? I know you did. Well, okay. I'll forgive you. But just this time, all right? Don't do it again. Welcome back. World Soccer Radio and Nick Eber with you on Friday. I gave you all of my picks to win over the weekend. Not just me, though. Nick Webster joined me on the show uh, last week. And I didn't have time yesterday to go through with you uh, the results over the weekend because we had so much else to talk about. Uh, but let's take a look and see how we did. Uh, all of the odds we gave were courtesy of our good friends at Bet Online, And with it being Thanksgiving, 
we all know what that means, right? It's gridiron football because nothing goes better with football, uh, gridiron football, than turkey and betting. Bet online, they'll be covered all holiday season. And of course, we have the wonderful holiday schedule in the Premier League to look forward to uh, as well. Um, Bet online remains your number one spot for all sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code BLEAV. That's promo code BELIEVE, BLEAV, to receive your 50% bonus. And it's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. And of course, they've got the Premier League. All the big European leagues, Major League Soccer. They also have the Champions League, the Europa League, and all the FIFA tournaments for your edification. Don't wait to take advantage of all the incredible offers available for your sport. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. And you should definitely do that. Unfortunately, if you bet on Knicks and my picks over the weekend, you were not very happy. Because it took not one, but two pundits to give you a really crappy result this weekend. We did the best we can. For instance, Leicester City-Chelsea. I keep thinking this Chelsea football club run is going to end at some point. And I bet, I said it was going to be a draw. Nick Webster said Leicester City were going to win. And guess what? Chelsea won. So we got that one wrong. Villa Brighton, we both said a draw. No. Of course not. Why, why, why make our life easy for us? Why allow us to make money, right? No. The Villa Brighton match was not a draw whatsoever. Aston Villa beating Brighton 2-0 at Villa Park. Newcastle-Brentford. We both said, Newcastle, we're going to do it. New manager, new owner, happy life, happy wife. But no, a draw. Brentford 3, Newcastle 3, a six-goal thriller at St. James's Park. Although we did say to take the over, we said it was going to be a 3-1 scoreline. Burnley Palace. Nick and I both said Crystal Palace were going to win away at Burnley. And guess what? It was a draw. Another massive game with six goals in it. So we got that one wrong. Wolves, West Ham United. Well, we said surely, surely this is going to be a draw. Because I actually had West Ham picked to win this originally. But you know what? Wolves won. 1-0 at Molyneux. So we both got that one wrong. Now, we split Watford, Man United. I said United were going to win. Webster said Watford were going to win. If you bet Webster... You picked up plus 550, so maybe make up for some of the bets in some of the other matches. If you bet me, well, you're mad. Liverpool-Arsenal, we both had Liverpool. We both had a 3-1 scoreline. It was actually 4-0. Sunday, we fared a little bit better. Man City, Everton, we both had Man City, they won. And Tottenham, Leeds, we both had Spurs, and Tottenham won. So, 
I can't tell you that we were the incredible sages of football for this last weekend in the Premier League. But it was a very interesting weekend nevertheless. I think if you look at some of the results that we had, and we're going to go down this, uh, through this in a little bit more detail in the next segment. Some real surprises. Chelsea beating Leicester, I think, was a statement win for Chelsea, in my opinion, okay? I mean, a lot of people, myself included, have been saying, yes, this team is very good. Yes, Thomas Tuchel is a great manager. Yes, they've got some great players. They may be a little short in terms of the depth they need. And typically, we're kind of expecting them to blip. If there was a time for a blip, it would have been on Saturday at the KP. Playing a Leicester City side that's starting to find some form, if not results. They're not finding the results, but they're finding a little bit better form than they had earlier <coughs> in the season. Excuse me. I mean, we could talk about Leicester City's horrendous season, and we will do that. But I was just sure that was going to be a Leicester City result, and it was not. I mean, it was a thorough drubbing at the hands of Chelsea. Norwich, Southampton. Norwich are a horrible team. Southampton, not great. By the way, they have Liverpool up next. But I was pretty sure Norwich City <coughs> were going to drop more points here. They didn't. They shocked. They won. Made it two in a row. And they are now off the bottom of the table. There is one team <coughs> excuse me, in the Premier League that has yet to win a single match. And that is the richest team in the Premier League. Newcastle United. How horrible are Newcastle? It is um, Eddie Howe, the man in charge. And that was a very disappointing result for Newcastle United. One would have thought that new owner, new manager, you'd get a bounce. But to drop points to Brentford at home to allow three goals, although you scored three goals, makes me wonder. Now, Brentford, I love Brentford. I mean, I've been saying this all on in this show. I like Brentford Football Club. I think they are fabulous. They play the type of football we saw a little bit like we saw from Leeds last season in the Prem. They play fearless football. They're not afraid. They come out. They attack. Big opportunity for Newcastle to get points. Defensively, they are an absolute shambles. I don't know what's going on with Crystal Palace. I suppose Burnley are just a better team than I give them credit for, which is certainly possible. I mean, they are two points clear. They're two points in the relegation zone. And Leeds United right above them, it's, uh, they're pretty pathetic too. And it's a shame because I quite like Leeds. All right. When we come back, we're going to continue looking at the tables. 
Talking about some of the results over the last weekend, we are, of course, going to get into the managerial situation at Manchester United, where the big news was the sacking of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and this bizarre love fest that they're having with the sacked manager is very strange to me. So when we come back, we're going to talk Manchester United football here on World Soccer Radio. All right, uh, welcome back to the show. You see, guys, you did well on the fade this time around. That's more like it. Bonuses for everyone. Well, welcome back. World Soccer Radio, Sports Byline Broadcast Network, and uh, Sirius XM. Nick Eber with you on a, a wonderful Champions League day. Man United getting an emphatic win away in Spain. Chelsea slamming Juventus. Bayern Munich squeezing one out in Ukraine. And Barcelona struggling against Benfica. You know, the Barcelona-Real Madrid story is one that is ever-evolving and fascinating. And we're going to talk about this some more later on in the season, probably before the end of the new year, because it is fascinating to watch. But really... The big story, by the way, we're presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Of course, the big story, the Premier League, Man United. But I have to wonder, looking around the Premier League, if my one of my favorite managers, Rafa Benitez, isn't going to be close behind. They are winless in six matches. They are down to 11th in the table. They have what is going to be a difficult match away in London against Brentford. And I wonder just how much pressure Rafa Benitez is under. I mean, he wasn't the most universally loved arriving at Everton, partly because, well almost uniquely, because when he was at Liverpool, he had said that Everton were not a big club, and he pissed off the Everton supporters royally with that. So they'd been kind of, you know, he, he came in, I think he won the first match against Norwich. I'm wondering when, I'm trying to remember when he came in, but I think he won the first match and then drew, and then after that it's been been pretty bad. I mean, I will tell you that I think Everton have good players, but they are lacking something. And I would have expected Benitez to have done better. In 14 matches, he's won five, drawn four, and lost five. I mean, that is a bad match percentage. I have to think he is on a very, very short time frame. I mean, think about it, though. 
This is a guy that won La Liga twice with Valencia, won the UEFA Cup with Valencia, won the FA Cup, the Community Shield, and the Championship, uh, Champions League and the Super Cup with Liverpool. Was a runner-up again uh, for the Champions League final. Won the FIFA World Cup Cup and the Italian Super Cup with Inter Milan. Won the Europa League with Chelsea. Won Coppa Italia and the Supercoppa uh, Italia with Napoli. Won the championship with Newcastle. I mean, he is a very well-established, well-respected coach. And the fact that he's struggling, and actually has been struggling. You know, he was at uh, Dalian in China. He didn't have the best results, although he was only there for 38 games. A season, basically. But yeah, 31.6% win rate. But, you know, it, it's hard to know with the Chinese Super League, for example. I mean, just what the hell that means, right? Well, what does that mean? How good is the Chinese? I, I literally know nothing about the Chinese Super League, except that there was a period in time when they were playing, paying ludicrous sums of money to get players through the door, and then I think the Chinese government said, uh-uh, not so fast. I'm sorry to be so um, superficial about it, but that's literally all I know. Because I couldn't give a rat's ass about the Chinese Super League, to be honest with you. I mean, if I'm not interested in Major League Soccer, do you think I'm going to have any interest whatsoever in the Chinese Super League? Or absolutely. You are correct, sir. Not a single modicum of interest. So, call me a bad pundit. Call me uh, not a professional. I'll accept all of those criticisms. But uh, still not, not going to get me involved in the Chinese Super League. Anyway, Rafa Benitez, I have to think, <coughs> is likely the next manager on the hot seat if that seat's not awfully bloody hot to begin with. Mo Salah, close to signing a new long-term contract at Liverpool. He is currently the number one most informed player on the planet. The guy is a wonder to behold. He's playing his football with joy and a certain joie de vivre about him and a swagger. Uh, the guy's in the zone. If he can keep it up for a few more years, he will be no doubt discussed as one of the greats. By the way, speaking of greats, sad news. Sergio Aguero uh, retiring due to a heart murmur. I don't know if you knew the reason. But certainly, if you're thinking about one of the most influential strikers in Premier League history. You have to talk about Sergio Aguero. And he did it in a quiet, very little controversy, highly professional way, playing with verbal. I mean, who could forget Aguero? Remember when they won the league? Last kick of the game. Last kick of the ball. Last second of the game. Winning the Premier League for Manchester City, um, unfortunately. And here is a little bit of trivia for you. I'm going to ask you this. Which team were they playing? when Sergio Aguero scored 
his iconic goal, winning the first title for Manchester City. Do you know? Hmm. Well, I think that it was against, was it not against, was it not against Queen's Park Rangers? Yes, Queen's Park Rangers. QPR were in danger of being relegated. It was stoppage time. City were down 2-1. United had won the match. City needed two goals in injury time to win the title. And from there on, well, Aguero made it happen, huh? Edin Dzeko tied the game. Aguero won the game. QPR found their way back out of the Premier League. Man City win their first title basically squashing United on the way. It was a wonderful, classic moment. And yes, of course, it was QPR, my sister's team. But that's the way it is. A moment that will forever summarize um, and, 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 and be indicative of the excitement that we get in the Premier League. You can talk all you want about, you know, what do they call footballers? Grass fairies. and yeah, yeah, that's fine. If you like a game where the ball moves for six minutes over the entire time of the game, that's fine. God, God loves you. Have a great time. Enjoy it. But if you like the greatest soap opera of the, in the world with the type of excitement you get of Sergio Aguero in 2011, Actually, it was 2012 that he did it. Scoring the last goal, the last minute in stoppage time to make sure that Manchester City won the title and eliminate their rivals from the title. Wow. Does it get better than that? I mean, we've had some incredible matches, but that will forever be ingrained in the collective culture of the Premier League now. And so Sergio Aguero, even though you didn't play for my team, even though you played for Manchester City, although I don't personally have anything against Manchester City. I thank you for what you brought us in the Premier League. You know, he moved on. He went back to Spain. But uh, Hart Murmur, unfortunately, cut short the, 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 the twilight of his career because his career was obviously twilighting. And by the way, how much does City miss Aguero? If you remember, they were all focused in on picking up Harry Kane. And yeah, I mean, they got a nice 3 will 3-0 victory against Everton, but we just talked about how poor Everton are as a team. Sergio Aguero, missed by many and missed by Manchester City. <laughs> you know it, right? Ah, oh, they wish they had him back. They didn't get Harry Kane and they're struggling. I, I, I personally... I know if you listen to Nick Webster, you think City are going to win it. If you listen to a lot of the pundits, they think City are going to do it. I don't think City are going to do it. I have my pick for the Premier League this season. I'm going to give it to you when we come back on the show. Of course, we're going to talk about the, the turmoil at Manchester United and some of the really fascinating managerial discussions that are going on, some of which, quite frankly, 
leave you absolutely flabbergasted. All right, this is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Gieber. We're with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. We're presented by betonline.ag. I will be right back after these messages. So, folks, stay with me. Just gets better from here. Right, uh, <clears throat> I welcome you back to World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. Also, iHeartRadio, tune in the award-winning Sirius XM app and the American Forces Radio Network. We're presented by betonline.ag, and you miss if you miss any part of the show, don't worry. You can catch the podcast at our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Anyway, just search World Soccer Radio. Look, bad result for Manchester United over the weekend. Very bad. If you told me they were going to lose 4-1 away at Vicarage Road, I I wouldn't have believed you, okay? As bad as Man United have been at times this season, and they've been bad, okay? I didn't think they were that bad. And guess what, folks? They were that bad. This team right now cannot defend to save their life. They are eighth in the table. And the only teams that have conceded more goals than Man United are Norwich and Newcastle. I mean, try that one on. Despite all the big signings, Rafael Varane, remember? And and uh, although I think he's been injured, actually. Jaden Sancho, although actually I think he's looking pretty good. It's just been... A horrible, horrible season for Manchester United. And as a result, they finally found the gumption and metal to sack Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I mean, I just, just want to run down their defenders. Rafael Varane. Diogo Dalot, Aaron Wambasaka, Luke Shaw, Harry Maguire. Remember when they signed Harry Maguire? Oh, my God, all the big money they spent. I mean, Phil Jones, Eric Bay, the Ivory Coast defender, Victor Lindelof. I mean, it's not like these are really crappy players, folks. I mean, they certainly seem like it. And it's a team that has... Pogba, Bruno Fernandes, Van der Beek, McTominay, Juan Mata, Jesse Lingard, Anti Martial, Cavani, Rashford, Mason Greenwood. I mean, remember? Oh my God, Mason Greenwood was such an incredible you know, talent, etc., etc. Jaden Sancho, the player everybody wanted, and of course, 
Cristiano Ronaldo. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> I mean, a team with that lineup has conceded more goals than any other team except for Newcastle and Norwich. And has scored... A very average amount of goals for a top seven team, top ten team. I mean, they've scored 20 goals on the season. I mean, Tottenham are worse. They've scored 11, and Wolves, 12, and Arsenal, 13. But hold on, you start to get up in the line. West Ham, 23. uh, City, 25. Chelsea, 30. Liverpool, 35. You can't compete with those numbers. That's why they made a managerial change. And look, I always said appointing Olegana Solskjaer was actually a fairly risk-free appointment for the club. Because no fans were going to tell you that the guy you hired sucks because he's a club legend. Everybody's going to give him time to build the club, to build to build the squad, to get results, and to do, you know, everything he needs to do. And if it doesn't work out, the owners don't look like idiots because, hey, they hired, you know, great manager. By the way, just to put this in some perspective, he had a 54.17 win percentage. And I'm going to just give you a rundown of Manchester United managers and their win percentages here. Mourinho, 58. Van Hall, 52. Ryan Giggs, 50. Moyes, 52. Alex Ferguson, 59%. Well, hold on a second. That's just not that terrible. So why get rid of him? Well, you get rid of him because it's not the fact that you're losing games. Because, you know, United have been a streaky team. It's the fact that you're not playing with any sense of style that you don't have an identity. And I think enough people have pointed this out that finally action had to be taken, so Solskjaer went. Again, a fairly risk-free appointment and a fairly risk-free, maybe outside of £7.5 million worth of separation pay, uh, firing that has been made. Now, who will take over the helm? Apparently Man United were desperate for Zidane. Well, a couple of problems. Number one, Zidane really doesn't like England. Zidane really doesn't like the English. Zidane doesn't really speak great English. And Zidane and his wife did not want to go to Manchester. So that's out of the question. We know they wanted Brendan Rodgers. I hear they have started talks with Leicester City about Brendan Rodgers. But, you know, Brendan Rodgers is having a rough, rough season. It would make his exit from Liverpool appropriate for him But is that going to be the type of appointment that the fans really want? But then we start to hear... Oh, by the way, my favorite story is from The Athletic. 
where the most uninteresting old-school English manager currently out of a job, (laughs) Steve Bruce, of course a United legend, is said to be very keen on taking over Man United managerial role in the short term. Oh, can you imagine the response from Man United supporters on that? (laughs) Makes me laugh. No, the one everybody is talking about right now is Maurizio Pochettino, who, if you remember, arrived at PSG with great fanfare. And he's currently managing, you know, some of the biggest names in global football. But he's only been there this year. And you know what? PSG are bloody awful, despite having Mbappe and uh, Neymar and Messi. They're just not good. They're struggling in France. They're not really tearing it up in the Champions League. So much like Brendan Rodgers looking at a situation that seems to be coming apart, Pochettino saying, oh, 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 uh, I want that, I want that, I want that, I have to have that, that's my job. There's something about that that I'm not crazy about. I mean, this is a guy that was fired in 2019 by Daniel Levy, Tottenham, after some really horrible results. So, you know, he then goes to PSG, takes over for Tuchel, who, as you know, goes to Chelsea. And he just not had a a great set of results. But back in July, what are we now, uh, November, July, August, September, October, four months ago, He extended his contract another two years, and now all of a sudden he's ready to jump ship PSG, biggest team in France, with Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, and just throw it all away and get to Manchester United. There's something about that that just, I wouldn't want him. I don't think this is a man that understands loyalty. I mean, I think United made the biggest decision they ever made, the biggest mistake they've made in the last eight years when they let David Moyes go after 51 games in charge. And it has been slim pickings since Alex Ferguson left. It's been an FA Cup, a League Cup, and two Community Shields, and, of course, the Europa League. But, I mean, that is in eight, nine years. Nine years. Seven, eight years, excuse me. Is Pochettino your guy? That's the question I have for you. Okay. He won the Argentine Primera Division with Newell's. He was a runner-up at Copa Libertadores. He has won nothing of note. The Copa del Rey with Espanyol. 
the Intertoto Cup back in 2001. And that had nothing to do with Toto, the rock band, okay? You want a uh, runner-up in the League Cup, runner-up in the Champions League. Coupe de France in 2020-2021 uh, with PSG. But, I mean, you know, that, come on. Trophée des champions in 2020 and the runner-up in 2021. But you have the best team in France. Really, Manchester United? This is the guy you want? A guy who, four months after signing a two-month extension and being given the best players probably on the planet, decides he's going to jump ship? If they do this, Man United is really showing just how rudderless they are. And I have said that the owners are not to blame for this. I have called out the fans as being alarmist and hypocritical and unrealistic. But if they sign Pochettino, I am sorry, they are going to get what they are going to pay for. A guy with a very mixed set of loyalties, a guy that has not had incredible success, a guy that's having difficult holding together a team with three superstars in it. Imagine getting a team with that as many as they have right now in Manchester United. It makes no sense. I still think the best man for the job at United right now is Brendan Rodgers. That would be my pick if I were a United fan. We'll see what happens. This is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. We're presented to you by betonline.ag. And I will be right back with you after these messages. All right, uh, a little motorhead for you there. Welcome back. World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. I'm Nick Eber. Just a reminder, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time. Then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast if you're listening on Sports Overnight America. That's when you can catch the show. If you miss any part of it, though, don't worry. The podcast is up as soon as the show is over at our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. You can get it on uh, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, that's where you'll find it. Just search World Soccer Radio. We're presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We will continue to watch the managerial situation at United. Michael Carrick getting a big result in the Champions League for them, his first match solo at the helm. They have, however, a very, very difficult outing coming up. In the over the weekend in the Premier League where they are going to Stamford Bridge. Now, this is going to be a fascinating game because uh, you just wonder if these Man United players have something that they now feel that they have to prove. And this game is going to be absolutely riveting. Man City face West Ham, which will be a fascinating game in and of itself. Liverpool have what on the surface should seem like a relatively easy outing. Or to Anfield, where they'll be hosting Southampton, who, you know, not the greatest team uh, on the Premier League these days. Arsenal will be facing Newcastle. 
uh, Wolves, uh, New, uh, Norwich, uh, Tottenham, Burnley, and Brighton leads. And that will round out the top nine. So never fear, folks. We're going to get to all of the matches in the Premier League. And, of course, big, big Champions League matches this week. We're going to do give you the full Champions League roundup. That's going to wrap up the show. Be sure to join me tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific, 90s, and then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast for more World Soccer Radio. In the meantime, have a great night. Enjoy the Champions League football, and we'll chat tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.